Hey, welcome to the Big Six Podcast. My name is Will Brinson. I am the host of CBS Sports' daily NFL podcast. Today is Friday, July 12th, 2019. This is the final day of the week before training camp starts. It seems hard to believe, but we are on to training camp next week. You are going to want to be dialed into this podcast on a daily basis and dialed into CBS Sports H. Q as well. I know on Thursday, um, at least tentatively, I'm probably not supposed to tell you this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Pete Prisco is going to be with the Broncos. Maybe we'll have a high-profile interview with Pete from the Broncos camp. Um, and then we've got an incredible schedule lined up with tons of writers all over the country, including our own Ryan Wilson, is going to visit the Bears on an off day. That's going to be thrilling. He won't be able to talk to anybody, but he'll be standing alone in Chicago, uh, talking about how Mitchell Trubisky is a great value for the MVP. So make sure to tune in to CBS Sports HQ, our 24-7 streaming sports network, free, Amazon, Roku, Apple TV, Fire Stick, Fire Device, whatever the hell you use to watch your TV. Uh, joining me now, very excited. Uh, we're going to have today's show is going to be a coach, top 10 coaches in the NFL. Super Friends edition. And then uh, Monday, we'll have another mailbag. The mailbag questions keep on coming. If you have a question about football, it's your favorite team, a player on your team, um, uh, fantasy football question, if you got a life question, if you want to ask a question about the Super Friends, leave a five-star review on iTunes, and we will uh, make sure, I guarantee you that we will answer your question. I also realize now that I'm going through this, that I didn't actually give the mailbag questions to the guys in time, but you know, we'll have, we'll have till Monday to, to figure that out. More importantly, joining us back on the program for the first time since his six week vacation in Paris, France, cavorting with Megan Rapino and the various U.S. Women's World National Cup team champion people, John Breach! Uh, this is also the first time I've been sober in six months. Let me just tell you that you're in France. They just keep feeding you wine. It doesn't stop. They tailgate with wine. I don't even think they know what beer is. So, guys, I sobered up just for this podcast, and I'm here. I'm hey, ready John, to roll. Let me ask you, uh, and we talked about this while you were gone several times. How did your wife Rachel enjoy the trip? <laughs> <laughs> is this the part where I have to admit that she did not go on the trip, and all she got was drunk texts from me? Uh, of female soccer players, which probably did not help the cause at all. But let me just say that she was at her sister's bachelorette party for part of the trip, so she was having uh, her own fun. Uh huh. Why are you doing this podcast on the Starbucks uh, parking lot? <laughs> so yeah, you're in a new house. It looks like it's smaller than Sean's apartment, and it's like it's like says alimony. He's actually in my closet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he asked so, me yeah. if he could crash moved, for a few weeks. You guys with... have a number of a good divorce lawyer. <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest. I got ugly. I do actually. I know a couple girls who are divorced. Lawyers. That's not surprising, Brinson. Both on their, <laughs> both on their second marriages, oddly enough. Uh, that's the voice of Ryan Wilson and of course, Sean Wagner McGuff, uh, joining me as we're joining us as well. Excited to have the super friends back. Training camp is next week. We'll dive into some bigger questions as we, as we move a little closer to the training camp. But first things first, the big news of the day on Thursday, Melvin Gordon. Chargers running back issued a statement through to various media outlets through his agent, basically saying he wants a new contract from the Chargers or else he is going to hold out for training camp, potentially hold out for the regular season and demand a trade from the Chargers. Sean Wagner, as our uh, resident running back expert, 
on a scale of one to ten, how how worried are you for the Chargers here? Uh, not at all, and I wouldn't give them a new contract as well. A number, uh, a number would be fine instead of not at all. Maybe a one or a two, a five, three. Look, he's a he's a good player, and they would miss him. But they also, I think, have one of the deeper running back groups. It seems like every year, at least from fantasy perspective, Ryan's giving me a weird look. Let me explain, Ryan. I know you're not good at this fantasy football thing, um, but with running backs, it's actually a decent real-life value comparison. And I feel like every single year when we go into the year, we talk about like Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson as these potential handcuffs where if Melvin Gordon were to get hurt, we think they would actually do a pretty good job at taking on that workload. Um, so I feel pretty confident that the Chargers could survive without him. I think they'd be worse off without him. But if the alternative is being forced to give them one of those monster contracts that we just saw backfire with the other L.A. team, um, I would not do that, and I would rather just soldier on without them. I actually think this is a good time for Melvin Gordon to try and leverage, though, uh, mainly because I think when you look at where he's at, he's made $10 million bucks thereabouts on his four-year rookie deal that he originally signed as the 15th overall pick in the 2015 NFL draft. Um, he is, he will make $5 million plus this year on his fifth-year option. He probably understands, like Le'Veon Bell and maybe even like Ezekiel Elliott, that he is careening breach towards a, towards a franchise tag next offseason. The Chargers are a Super Bowl contender. A team that, a team that some people, maybe even myself, will pick to win the Super Bowl. And, uh, I think he knows that now is the time to leverage it if he is going to do that. Uh, did Melvin Gordon even like look around his own division? Like the Broncos, <laughs> Philip Lindsay is running wild there. He's an undrafted free agent. Melvin Gordon is going to make what? 5.6 million. That is enough for a running back. There's no reason to give him any more than that, especially as Sean just said, running backs are replaceable. Plus, you have two solid backups there. Uh, and look at the Chiefs, Cream Hunt gone. Oh, look, you know, they filled that hole easily. It's just like running backs are a dime a dozen. Melvin Gordon, his agent must be drunk like I was on my vacation if he thinks this holdout is a good idea. And plus, this team functions around Phillip Rivers. Like, he is the key that makes that offense go. You look at uh, Ezekiel Elliott in Dallas. He is the key that makes that offense go, so it would make sense for the Cowboys to give him the big contract that he wants, but I just think uh, Melvin Gordon is, uh, use some poker terms, he was dealt a two and a seven here, and he's trying to go all in, pretending like he has uh, pocket aces. Well, I mean, uh, Brenton, you mentioned Le'Veon Bell. The difference is that Le'Veon Bell is a second-round pick, so he got that franchise tag in year four, the $12.1 million. Now, Gordon's losing out seven million and, and change, six and a half million. That's a big deal. I'm certainly, I'm sure he understands that. And it's funny, SI.com tweeted out something on Thursday after the news broke where they had interviewed, or they were, so, they had the camera running while um, Melvin was talking to his dad last year about the Le'Veon Bell situation. And Melvin said, uh, he's not coming back. He's not going to return to the Steelers, which he didn't. And he said, why would he come back if the team doesn't want to pay him what he feels they're worth? So if that's the situation, maybe. The, the tweet that um, his agent told uh, Pelosaro in NFL.com, quote-unquote, strong possibility he sits out. Maybe that's a reality. But here's the other deal. So Todd Gurley makes 14-4, Le'Veon makes 13-1, and David Johnson makes 13 even. I don't think you're paying Melvin Gordon north of $13 million a year. We know Gurley's knee is an issue. Our own John Breach reported on that back at the uh, Combine. Le'Veon Bell skipped a year, and James Conner likes, makes less than a million a year, and he had just as productive a year. And David Johnson was terrible last year. I mean, that's Steve Wilkes' fault. But the reality is you're paying him that money. You expect something. So 
I don't know who's going to pay him. I will say this. The, the only team that makes sense is the team that currently doesn't have a general manager. Uh, the Texans <laughs> are number two in terms of salary cap space. They have Lamar Miller, and that's it. Offensive line's terrible. We know Deshaun Watson took 62 sacks last year, so maybe that works out there. But otherwise, I don't know. I think you're right. The timing is perfect, but I don't know if he has any leverage in terms of actually getting paid. The um, the five guys who have the highest average annual salary by running backs, with six being Saquon Barkley, who was drafted last year at the top of the draft. So you can't. It's hard to factor that in because he's actually on a rookie deal. The five guys ahead of Saquon, as you mentioned, and I think Gurley's a great example that Sean pointed out. Like that's why you can't sign Melvin Gordon, um, Le'Veon Bell, his own. Former interim GM and current head coach basically said, I think his contract's terrible. Le'Veon Bell's a great player, but I, I wouldn't want to give him that money. Uh, David Johnson, we haven't seen properly utilized by the Cardinals since they gave him that money. And Devonta Freeman is clearly replaced. Who's paid properly. Yeah, who's paid about $8.25 million. So I think that's sort of the question there. And then after that is LaShawn McCoy, who's old as dirt. Uh, b- behind Barkley, by the way, Jarek McKinnon. That's has not worked out well for the 49ers. Leonard Fournette, who's still on a rookie contract. Lamar Miller hasn't worked out well for the Texans. Uh, Zeke Elliott, still on a rookie contract. And then Duke Johnson and Giovanni Bernard. This is Duke Johnson earned that contract, too. Yeah, exactly. Those guys are on second contracts, and they're making $5 million a year. So I think if you're Melvin Gordon, what you have to be willing to do is accept a $9 million a year contract over five years from the Chargers. The question is, Sean, would you give Melvin Gordon a $9 million a year contract if you're the Chargers? No. And look, the way that this is all set up is the Chargers have all the leverage here. He can skip training camp. I'm willing to bet he's not going to skip the regular season. Then they can end up hitting him with the franchise tag and they can keep, you know, this, I don't want to say like I'm happy about this, but they can keep grinding his body down and wearing him out and then let him hit free agency after using the tag on him. Since 2015, only Todd Gurley has more touches than Melvin Gordon. So it seems like already they're already content, you know, letting him be that workhorse, letting him, you know, grind his body down and then they don't have to give him the long-term deal ever because that's just the way, um, you know, the NFL is set up with the franchise taxes. They have control over him, like it or not, for three more seasons. And, and um, let me throw in. Using some numbers here, what Sean is just saying is that Melvin Gordon, with his final the final year of his rookie year, he's making five point six million done million dollars with that option year. That makes him the third highest paid running back as far as base salary for two thousand nineteen. <laughs> now you hit him with the tag two thousand twenty, he gets a twenty percent raise, so that knocks him up to about seven point six. Then if you tag him for the second time, he gets that, what, I think 40% raise, which brings him up to 10 million. So literally the Chargers have him three years, 22 million. That is under 8 million a year. Brinson's talking about 9 million. So if you're the Chargers in negotiations, you don't even have to offer him 9 million because you literally have him for under 8 million without doing anything. So I think that this is all just craziness by Melvin Gordon. It might be good timing, but he has no leverage. It makes no sense. And also, those three years might sync up perfectly with Philip Rivers' career because I don't know if you want to be committing long-term money to this guy and then suddenly you don't have a quarterback anymore. And we just saw in New York, you can have a great running back. If you don't have a quarterback, it doesn't matter. So I wouldn't be signing him to a long-term deal. I'd want his deal to match up with Philip Rivers' end of his career. And that's exactly what the next three years probably are going to be. Let me ask you this because I think that there is a the David Johnson situation and David Johnson – uh, like Le'Veon Bell did not have a fifth year option, right? And he is, um, what year is David Johnson in now? He's, was he the same draft? No, he's, uh, he would have been 2016. So he's in his, going into his fourth year, right? 
Because he had two. I think fifth, right? Because he had that late year breakout in his rookie year. Then he had a great year. Then he missed the entire year. Then he had last year, which was his fourth. Yeah, it's his fifth. Oh, yeah, it is his fifth year. Okay, he was drafted the same year as Melvin Gordon. 2015. Yeah, all right, I was right initially. So this is, he's going to do his fifth year. I think, I mean, I really think that that's sort of the example because he signed a three year, $39 million contract. If you're the Chargers, you need to, you need to decide, okay, we want to get the, we want to get this guy happy. He is our workhorse. We do it. We know we do think he's replaceable and Austin Eckler and, um, you know, uh, Justin, uh, Justin Johnson. Jackson. Jackson. Justin. Yeah. Sorry. Um, Dustin Johnson, Justin Jackson. Same thing. Uh, Justin Jackson, those guys can fill in for him, but we're not as good without Melvin Gordon on the field. I think that's fair to say he has. Wait a on- second. Let me stop you though. Why would you pay someone $39 million when you can pay someone $790,000? I'm not, I'm not saying you do that, but I'm saying you take what Breach pointed out that you have a $5 million, uh, 5.6 this year, 11, let's say 11 and a half next year for the running back salaries. So you're at, uh, 17 million. And then let's say you tag him a third year, uh, at 120%. You're basically looking at 13 and a half million. So you're talking about j- somewhere in the range of $31 million over the next three years that you're going to pay him. Why not go to Melvin Gordon's camp and say, we will give you a three year, $36 million deal that overwrites the next three years. And I don't know how you have to do the math to do that, but basically get him $36 million over the next three years. You can announce a, sign, a contract extension. You can give him a little bit more money. Um, That's a lot more money. But it's, You're not going to keep him for three years of that much. But you, if you keep him on the franchise tag, it's $31 million. So They're not, ba- not going to do that. Why wouldn't they? Why would they? They're going to keep Melvin Gordon on two franchise tags? Definitely- I think they can do it for one, for sure. Yeah, one for sure. Well, in the middle of their Super Bowl window when they have all these players on their rookie deals, I think this is the they only time him. it does make sense to do They're it. going to let him walk. I guarantee- I mean, look, you guys are talking – you just said, Sean, that look at look at Todd Gurley, look at Le'Veon Bell, and then you're like, oh, they're going to franchise. They're not going to franchise. That's one, it's a one-year commitment. I, I, I have faith that uh, – They Melvin can't franchise until next year. Next year. They can't franchise until next if year. If so they did franchise Melvin Gordon, though, what do you think the chances are that he would sign it? I feel like zero percent. He's not yeah. going to play under the final year of his rookie option. He's sit out I, I don't think he would be, he, he'd pull Levy on Bell. He might do that now that Bell did it. All right, so all right, so how about this? You go to him and say, "We'll give you thirty-three million over three years." He says, "No." Why would he's he not coming that? back. It's over unless they pay him a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> you think it's over? I think I think Ryan scarred from oh. the whole Levy Bell situation. I'm still. Uh, I would think I would think more seriously about trying to trade him to a team like the Texans, who have the cap space. You get a third round or second round—I don't know if you get a second round pick, but a third round pick—and then I think that's crazy. Talk. They're in the middle. Of, they have Philip Rivers, who's like thirty-seven. They're trying to win a Super Bowl right now. He—he he you can help just them. gave me the talk about fantasy football excellence involving Jackson. I preceded that talk by saying that they would—they would be a worse team without Melvin Gordon. Not substantially worse. Look, you have a number of starters on this team. Um, including Derwin James, Joey Bosa, Hunter, Hunter Henry, Mike Williams, uh, Dan Feeney, potentially Forrest Lamp. All these guys who, as Sean pointed out, are on their rookie contracts. If you, if you gave Gordon a, a three to five million dollar raise off what he would make for this year and the two franchise tags and sign him to a three year deal, Gordon's camp would be happy. Gordon would be happy because he'd get his, he'd get a decent amount of guaranteed money. You wouldn't He's lock not going but wait, you said nine million a year, eight million a year. He ain't playing for that, man. No, you give 33 million over three years. That's 11 million dollars a year. It's below. And that's number four behind those guys. He's going to be number four. He's not going to break the bank. He's not getting to free agency and he's not Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley's. 
He's only averaged over four yards per carry once in his career, and that was this past season. He didn't score. Was, he was also number three last year in value per play. No, I don't. He was he was incredible last year. But my point being, there was a conversation at the beginning of his career about a how he couldn't score touchdowns, and b about how he was just a fantasy back and not a real life back because he was You're averaging. Trying to pay him. Look, has anyone here played Madden and hung out with Melvin Gordon? I heard kind of this turn into okay. Okay. Well, here's the great thing. He was talking about that on, on Canel and Bell today. He goes, "Oh well, by the way, he wouldn't be able to point me out in a in a field full of pudgy." Uh, sports writers, but I did hang out with him for seven minutes and he beat me. Yeah. I, I saw it. Yeah, if I walked up, I was like, and, hey. and wait, let's also not forget these contract negotiations that you guys already brought up the girly thing, but that's a legit issue with Melvin Gordon. He's only made it through one season healthy. He's missed multiple games every single year he's played, which is about the most gigantic red flag. And it's a red flag that's waving all over Los Angeles because of Gurley's knee. So if you're the Chargers, I mean, how can you not sit there and say, this guy cannot make it through a season? Uh, I think was 2017, maybe 2016. One of those years was the only time he's played all 16 games. He missed four games last season. So, like, you have to take the health issues into account. And I am in Ryan's camp. This is just all craziness Thank that you. the Chargers would give him this money. Aren't we all in Ryan's camp? I think so. You and it's backed in that and camp. We need to pitch another 10. I'm fine with him franchise. If he has another great year, what he just did, I'm fine he, with him franchise. How are you getting camp. to next off season? <laughs> He just told you he's not playing unless you give him a new, new deal. Dude, that's, he's not going to walk away. He's, he's not going to hold out on this fifth year option. He's just, I wouldn't say willing to bet he plays in the regular season, even if he skips all the training camp in the preseason. You know what we were saying a year ago? Le'Veon Bell signed his first franchise tag, Ryan. Did you know he was going to hold out all last year? Base. He signed his first franchise tag. He didn't <laughs> sign the second one. I don't, I mean, I don't know what you're trying to figure out. Melvin oh, Gordon. You, you knew he was going to hold out. Well, you were the only person. No one else knew he was going to hold out for eight, uh, 17 weeks. I didn't draft him. Melvin Gordon. <laughs> Mel, I mean, Wait. You did because you traded him to Nate. Oh, James Conner, you traded to. I traded to James Conner. No, right? he traded four. Didn't Le- oh, yeah, no. yeah. Anyway. Okay. That's the Melvin <laughs> Gordon talk. That's the first half of the podcast. Great work, boys. Uh, who'd you rather sign to a long-term deal? Ezekiel Elliott or Melvin Gordon? Zeke Elliott could face a one-year banishment. Neither. More I'm likely. Not, I'm running back That's not, I'll answer the question even though I agree with Ryan. It's Zeke, I think, even though the off-the-field concerns. More likely, John, to sign a contract with their current team, Zeke Elliott or Melvin Gordon? 1,000% Zeke Elliott. Okay. I think it's, I think. One trillion billion thousand quadrillion. That doesn't mean Melvin Gordon won't sign. That just means I'm absolutely sure that Zeke will sign with the Cowboys. Really quick, before we move on, Breach, one thing you did miss while you were on vacation is that Ryan offered me and Brinson 200-to-1 Mitch Trubisky MVP odds. And we just, on that he just gave us 200-to-1 odds, even though it's like 50-to-1 at Vegas. Oh, you know, it's crazy. I did follow the whole thing about the odds collapsed after somebody wrote about him. Brinson tweeted about him, and everybody jumped on the Trubisky bandwagon. Absolutely. I'm sorry I missed the whole escapade with that. And then they dropped down to 50-to-1. Uh, which no one should take at 50 to 1. So, no, but bet. Ryan gave bet. Any number, but... Would you like to bet on Mitchell Trubisky at 200 to 1? You can bet $5 with Ryan right now. He will pay you That's a, right. he will pay you a thousand dollars if, uh, if, if, I mean, exactly. you'd be crazy. Ryan, I, I want to give you six dollars then. I want 12, 1200. <laughs> We're trying to no, be five nice is here. Is that five, five cap? Five minimum, yeah. five maximum bet. <laughs> okay. Then I'll bet 450. You just said make the math hard. Oh my God. Are you <laughs> taking the five or not? We need that on record. I am. I am taking the five dollars. So we all owe Ryan five dollars if Trubisky does not win the MVP. Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah but we all get a thousand dollars if he does. This guy's gonna quit his job and become a bookie if all these pay off. You just start uh, taking money from people for the second time in his life. Are you the best part? The best part would be it's like week fifteen and we're doing these MVP update posts and we do a, a podcast every week where it's like 
I mean, I don't know what to tell you, but the leader right now is Mitchell Trubisky. Ryan, Ryan's, Ryan's like pulling his imaginary hair out, freaking out. My, my Brinson hair plugs. These guys have spent the last week trying to convince themselves that Trubisky somehow, some way is going to win MVP. I don't know the, the math that makes that work. Uh, maybe you have some ideas, John, because these two fools, I'm not buying. I would bet on Andy Dalton for MVP over Trubisky. <laughs> no, all right. Let, okay. that's, that's you guys a- are you guys are insane. That's right. Um, okay, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and rank the top ten coaches in the NFL. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, all week long on the Pick 6 Podcast, we've been banging out rankings. Got had Jeff Schwartz on for a great offensive line discussion. If you didn't hear that, go check that out. Brian McFadden with some terrific insight into uh, uh, defensive backs. He had wide receivers the week before that. And then uh, Ryan and I had a thrilling conversation about uh, defense edge rushers and defensive tackles. What did you? Sean oh, got yelled at about that. I don't know if you heard about that. Yeah. Uh, uh, the funny thing is, the Pastor, yelling got worse after I tweeted it because JLC retweeted it, and then everyone actually started yelling at me. Pastor Poop, big cheese man, um, was uh, mad that TJ Watt wasn't on the top ten linebacker list, and then we left him off the top ten edge list. So have, <laughs> have fun with that, Pastor. Uh, God bless him, as Jarvis Landry would say. Okay, so we're gonna do the. Uh, we have our top ten rankings of coaches. John Breach. Yes or no, you ranked 10 coaches because you haven't ranked anything this offseason. You've been getting drunk in Paris <laughs> for three weeks while we've all been grinding through this stupid spread, uh, this wonderful spreadsheet. Here is the crazy thing is that I didn't even know this spreadsheet existed until so Brinson sent it to me 20 minutes ago. I guess we got an email like the first day I went on vacation to rank every top 10 everywhere. And this is even crazier because as everyone I'm sure will find out next week is that I was tasked with writing the top 10 for kickers and punters. And since I did not know the spreadsheet existed, I just ranked them all on my own <laughs> without even looking at the spreadsheet. So that's that's where we are in life, guys. Did not know this uh, important document existed. Uh, you know, I should have talked to you guys on Monday. That's Somebody right. need to fill me in. Did you fill out I'm your top lost. 100 yet? That also is not filled out. I'm behind on everything. I'm behind on that too. You're all right, John. Well, why don't you kick us off with your uh, 10th ranked coach in the NFL? Well, you know, looking at all of them, I would probably go with John Harbaugh. 
Okay, John Harbaugh at number 10. Anybody have uh, John Harbaugh there as well? He didn't make my list for obvious reasons. You're a Steelers fan? He's higher up my list. Who did you, oh, well, who did you have at number 10, Sean? Mike Tomlin. Ooh, you know what? That's who I had at number 10 as well. And here's why, Ryan Wilson, before you dive in and complain that he's too low, he can't manage stars. He's done a terrible job the last two years of managing Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. He's botched this, uh, an incredibly talented Steelers team. Uh, he routinely doesn't do a great job of challenges, and he routinely loses really layup road games to crappy teams year in and year out. You've documented it, Ryan. I think Mike Tomlin is a great motivator of men, and I believe that he is a uh, pretty decent tactical uh, coach. I, I don't think I give him like an A-plus or anything. Um, but he's been handed one of the best situations in football. Granted, he won a Super Bowl. Some people might say it was with Bill Cowher's players. I, not me. Just saying. Some people might say that. Um, he hasn't people really, are saying. He hadn't really been able to get over the hump and beat the Patriots. A lot of people can't do that. But, um, uh, you know, other than those flaws, he's a pretty good coach. I, I give him the 10th ranking just because it's been a bad couple of years in Steelers country. He beat the Patriots last year, but okay. My number 10. Did he beat him in the playoffs or did he miss the playoffs? They didn't make the playoffs. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Who predicted that? Uh, a lot of people. No, not many. Not many. (laughs) One person on this podcast did the one with the hair plugs. All right. My number 10 (laughs) is Matt Nagy. I I can down with that. I don't think he got many. He got Four total votes, it looks like, according uh, among eleven of us. Of course, Breach didn't vote as, and, we, and, as we've already discussed. Well, and, and three of the points came from Sean. So. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. So, yeah. Predictable. No, but I, I like Matt Nagy. I like Matt Nagy. Um, he is going to be coaching the NFL MVP this season, so that's certainly noteworthy. <laughs> that you guys can see to the future. Um, if Mitchell Trubisky wins the MVP this year, Matt Nagy is a top five coach next year. You think <laughs> he will be number? He'll re, he will replace our number one coach, who I'm sure everyone already knows who that is. Um, but yeah, this year's going to be a big year. We'll see exactly how that offense takes, whether Trubisky can handle it, whether the defense can still be a number one unit, yada yada yada. Especially now that Aaron Rodgers is super angry and has a lot to prove. I think um, a couple guys that were honorable mention for me, Matt, Matt Nagy's at the top of that list, uh, along with Anthony Lynn, Ron Rivera, Mike Zimmer. Um, and, uh, and, Who voted and, for Freddie Kitchens? That's a good question. Uh, Cody Benjamin did. And, oh. um, and I would say Dan Quinn, maybe honorable mention as well. Uh, Mike Zimmer, did I mention him? Uh, Kyle Shanahan, probably honorable mention as well. Neither made my list. My number nine was, uh, John's 10, uh, John Harbaugh. It's hard to, it's hard to knock Harbaugh. Did anybody, you didn't have him on your list, Ryan? Did, where'd you have him, Sean? Six. Wow. I, I like Harbaugh a lot. I mean, the fact that he's consistently winning games with Joe Flacco. Um, I mean, when the whole contract stuff with the Ravens was happening, I thought it was, uh, the height of stupidity to potentially let him go or trade him like they were talking. I think he's not on the Belichick Reed tier, um, or the McVay tier, but I think he's proven that they don't really ever have bad seasons there. They're always competitive. Um, Ryan's shaking his head, but he all, he reached to the Steelers. So uh, he's been to the playoffs seven times in eleven seasons. Yeah. Good lord! I would love. They went three straight years and didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, his quarter. He's been winning with Joe Flacco, man. You just said they don't have bad years, so which is it? <laughs> what's what's their worst record since he's been there? It's like seven and nine. He's got a fifty-nine point one percent winning percentage yeah. with the Ravens. Mike Tomlin sixty-five point four winning percentage with the Steelers. If you flip those two guys. Ooh, if if you gave Mike Tomlin the Ravens and gave John Harbaugh the Steelers, he would be still coaching the Ravens. He'd be fired by this point. 
Here we go. Another William and Mary hate coming out strong. What That's real reason he's at number two. And, and Harbaugh's worst record is five and eleven, Sean. Okay, well, that, that was his only like that was his only bad year though, right? Like yeah. he's had a lot of seven, he's had some seven and nines, some eight and eights. This is what you're bragging about. All right, who's next? This is Joe, ridiculous. I think Joe Flacco uh, tore his. This is only year under 500. Tore his ACL that year, and Thank he got you. he had two starts with Ryan Mallett, two starts with Jimmy Clausen, and two starts with Matt Schaub. If you give Mike Tomlin six games with those three guys, hey, is it going for Ofa? If you can't win with Jimmy Clausen, you don't need to be in the NFL. Yeah, John Fox tried twice. <laughs> Uh, he did. He tried with the, uh, the Bears and the, and the Panthers. It's unbelievable. All right. Uh, John Breach, who's your number nine? You know, I had to hastily put this together, together this list while you guys were just debating. We sort of figured that uh, out. Maggie and Harbaugh, but I did finish it and I do have a number nine and we don't even need to recover all this, but it is Nagy. So mm-hmm. I am on the Matt Nagy bandwagon. I'm all over. I thought he did an excellent job last year, especially to turn that team around. Uh, you know, we don't need to, Retalk all the Matt Nagy talking points, but I don't think it's like, uh, Sean giving John Harbaugh all the credit for winning with Joe Flacco. I don't think Mitchell Trubisky is a spectacular quarterback. So they're running this offense. He's a smart offensive mind and he was successful, uh, you know, coming in and turning around that Bears team that was pretty bad in 2017. Who is your number nine, Ryan Wilson? You know him. You love him. Sean McDermott. Oh my goodness. Oh, oh my, my God. Goodness. Is this real? Are you are you punking Sean? He what? went to the playoffs with Ty- Tyrod Taylor because Andy Dalton threw a touchdown pass. That counts. I, I have Sean McDermott. Jim loves Ginger. I have, I have Sean. McD- I have Sean McDermott at eight, and I feel I like these guys are freaking out about Sean McDermott. And I, feel, about- and I feel like I undersold him. He Thank went to, you. He he's he took the Buffalo Bills back to the playoffs for the first time in like fifteen years with Scotch tape and like. Uh, like a three-legged chicken wire and duct tape. Chicken wire and duct tape. That's another s- southern saying, just like the old D punch. Um, he was so well, he, he went six and ten this year. Talent so well that he who was the quarterback this year? They literally had to get Derek Anderson off the couch after Josh Allen got hurt. Yeah, yeah. I don't blame him for having this quarterback situation. What it is right now. I'm All right, has everyone done their? No, uh, my nine is uh, Frank Reich. That's uh, that's way okay. too low. That's way too low for Frank Wright. Well, it's my list, so it's fine. Well, your list sucks because it doesn't have Sean McDermott. It has Frank Wright really low. And John Harbaugh. You don't know if I don't have Sean McDermott. What if I put him at number five? I can see your list. Your list list is in front of me. You don't have to. I mean, like, anyone who's listened to this podcast at once over the last, like, or maybe twice over the last six months knows you don't have Sean McDermott on this list. Of course. And the, the funny thing is, is that Sean McDermott could be a good coach, but I still feel good. No, I'm not saying, I don't think he is. But, I'm but saying, he replaced here, Nathan Peterman. If he, if, if he was a good coach, I feel like, I feel pretty good about how this is going to look in the long term because he's stuck in the same division as the Patriots. I don't think Josh Allen is any good. I don't think he's going to get magically good just because now he has an okay offensive line. So I still feel pretty good that Favorite when Buffalo's over. I, I do, I do respect Sean for, the logic he's using in standing on this uh, table, even though I think he's wrong, but I mean, like he, uh, he has sound, re- sound logic based on his uh, faulty reasoning. My number, uh, what number are we on? Eight. Eight. I said my my eight is Sean McDermott. So uh, give me your eight, Sean Wagner. Matt Nagy. Matt we don't Nagy. need to go through it. Already covered him. We'll get back to Frank Reich in a minute. Your number nine. It's criminal. You had him at nine. Who do you have at eight, Ryan? 
Franklin Reich. God damn it. What is wrong with you guys? Did you watch <laughs> last year? He's been a coach for one year, and he had a good first season. Yeah, yeah. he had a great first season. First, yeah. first of all, he was the offensive coach. It's hard for a first-year coach to get in the top ten. He this was, is good ranking. Was, you could argue that Chris Ballard is much more important than Frank Reich. Frank Reich instituted a Brandon, scheme. I don't even want to tell you where I have Frank Reich ranked. Is he on your top ten? Maybe. <laughs> he's adding him now after Brendan's yelling. No, no, he's, he's up there. He's absolutely up there. Meanwhile, I'm like, I'm like, I have number eight. I'm like, I have Frank. Number eight. I'm like, I have Frank Reich at seven. Uh, no, <laughs> no I, I don't. I don't. I don't. No, I, I, uh, here's, here's my, I'll, I'll, I'll argue for Frank right now. And just since you guys all have him ranked here, I think what you saw, what you've seen from him in terms of what he's able to get out of players from a schematic standpoint, uh, both in Philadelphia as the offensive coordinator and now in Indianapolis as the coach, able to really modify his scheme to be a run heavy team late in the year when they needed to be. They, they threw, he got Andrew Luck in a good position. They threw a lot early on when they had to, uh, you can tell that his players really believe in him and buy into his system and they have a, uh, he and Chris Ballard work really well in tandem together to come into that team after they'd been turned down by Josh McDaniels in utterly humiliating fashion to take over to get a guy like Matt Eberflus to, to do a really good job on defense, who was hired by Josh McDaniels before Josh McDaniels got there, and to seamlessly transition back into making the Colts a AFC South dominating team. I love the move, and I think this is the clear the team that is clearly the team to to beat in that division this year. I have so you love the Colts. You don't necessarily love Frank Reich, is what you're saying. I also have no disagreement with anything he said. But when I look at the people I have ranked ahead of him, um, I think Nagy's the only one that I could swap and I'd be fine with the rest. And we'll get there. But the rest of the coaches have just been around longer and have accomplished more than I have Frank Reich. I don't disagree with what you said. Fourth on my list. I I. I would like to see who you have right behind him because We're I, find out. my top five is very much. Stay, stay tuned, in. mother. No, I was cussed again. I think Breach um, is up. What do you got, Breach, for number eight? Number seven. I have Frank Wright. Yeah. Oh. So, uh, okay. I know that. Okay. My Good. number seven is, uh, and I feel this is probably low, Douglas Peterson of the Philadelphia Eagles. Doug Peterson is, um, there's a, a really tough group of guys here to rank. Um, below Frank Reich, of course. Uh, Doug Peterson is a stud. He has a Super Bowl championship. Uh, he helped lead the Eagles back into the playoffs last year, even though they lost Carson Wentz again. Why is he below Frank Reich? I think Frank Reich's a better coach. Sweet mercy. All right, go ahead. Sorry. Um, and I have Doug Peterson. Look, Doug Peterson has the resume, and he's done a great job. I don't think he's a bad coach. I think the top uh, seven coaches on this list are really good coaches. And are you ranking these guys by best hair? Uh, no, Doug Peterson would be first, then. Well, Frank Reich has some pretty good hair, though. Frank Reich looks does look like he's like your uh, philosophy teacher in uh, first year of college at William and Mary. Uh, who uh, anyway? We can talk about Dirk Peterson more. Who do you have at uh, seven, Ryan? Speaking of William and Mary, Michael. I don't know his middle name. Tomlin. What is Mike Tomlin's middle name? Uh, I don't know. What if his name isn't even Michael? What if it's just Mike? It's just it's Mike Tyson Tomlin. What if Mike is his middle name? What if M is his oh, first name? Michael Petaway Tomlin. Yeah. What if his middle name's Ike and his name's Mike and Ike Tomlin? <laughs> this is <laughs> I like that idea. This is sort of off topic, but like, do you guys know what, it, what Tony Romo's full name is? Have we been over this? Yeah, we've here? talked about that. I can't remember. What it, it's, oh, it's so it's amazing. Antonio, dude. what's his middle name? Antonio Ramiro Romo. <laughs> yeah, like all three O's. I love it so much. Um, anyway, Mike Tomlin's my uh, number seven. For obvious reasons. Uh, That's pretty low for a Steelers honk to have him at well, seven. I was going through the list because I was late filling this out, and I couldn't believe he wasn't even in the top ten, which is criminal. Um, all right. Do you want to defend Mike Tomlin for any length of time here or just move on? 
you just said he wins sixty five percent of his games. He's gone to three Super Bowls or two. How many you go to? Uh, oh eight twenty ten. Lost to the Packers. Bowls. Lost to the Packers. That's right. And um, they had a terrible year last year. There's no disputing it. And I don't disagree with what you said about dealing with personalities. Tomlin actually admitted he let it get too far down the road with Antonio Brown, and it blew up in his face. So we'll see if they they can be good without two of the best players in the NFL. This year, I think they'll be fine. He has three playoff victories and eight playoff losses since they lost to the Packers in the Super Bowl in 2010. That's not yeah, but think about what Wilson just said. He had a terrible year. We are calling 9-6-1 a terrible year. Freaking Sean McDermott would kill someone to get that in Buffalo. Like that That's a terrible or year John for Harbaugh. Pittsburgh. Or John Harbaugh. I don't uh, want to take a the shot Ravens at made the playoffs. But I think because I also – They won no five sense. games. I also have Tomlin at seven. I think that you also have to look at, sure, they've struggled in the postseason the last few years, but despite all the drama, Tomlin's never had a losing record in Pittsburgh. So, like, the team is always competing. They're always in the playoff hunt. They haven't slipped up a single year as far as being in the playoff hunt. They haven't had that 5-11 and 11 that John Harbaugh had. So uh, I do think that maybe Tomlin – is underrated? Is yeah. that possible? Yeah, I have a yeah. seven. I think I think he's probably underrated at this point. Uh, who do you have at seven, Sean? Doug Peterson as well. Ah, all right, cool. Um, any, all right, moving along to six. At uh, at number six, I have I just lost my spreadsheet. I have one. Oh boy, this is gonna be controversial. Perhaps why Sean McVay. For the record, I have uh, Seamus Sean McVay as well. Okay. Um, I just think. He's a great coach. Um, it's hard to, it's hard to crack this top five. I mean, this is a really good list of coaches. I, I have Frank Greg higher than some guys. Well, it would have changed a lot if he didn't poop his pants, poop his skinny jeans. <laughs> the, 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 the moment where he goes up to Belichick, he's like, Oh my goodness. It's so great to be here. It, it really, uh, you know, turn, turn me a little bit on, on if that clip like, yeah, had been available before the game, I would have picked the Patriots to win by 500. I would have max bet the Patriots money line. Yeah, absolutely. Well, after the game, he was like, I, I didn't know what to do after the first quarter. I was I, I was basically confused. That's not a good look. I, I am curious to see what happens with Sean McVay's offense now that they're replacing several pieces of the offensive line. Todd Gurley is not expected to be at full strength. Maybe Daryl Henderson is going to be great. Cooper Cup's coming off an ACL. The book's sort of out on Jared Goff a little bit. He didn't have a great close of the season. So I think there's a, a lot of questions to ask about. Um, how this offense will look this year. And if, look, if they go 13 and three and curb stomp that division, then we'll look like idiots for having them six. But I think that's another coach will, um, will be ahead of him when all is said and done in that division. Who do you have at, uh, who else had McFay six? Where, just Sean's probably got McFay ninth or it's like second. I had him there as well. Yeah. So, uh, who you got at six, Sean? Harbaugh. Okay. Harbaugh's good. It's fine. Um, Ryan didn't like it. Wow. Can't believe a Steelers fan is upset that you had, um, I'm very angry. Uh, John Breach, who do you have at six? I have Doug Peterson at six because he won a Super Bowl and that automatically gets you in my top ten. So that's why I'm at six. Okay. Uh, at five, I have Pete Carroll, who is one spot ahead of Sean McVay. Pete Carroll has – That's a trash ranking. That's I also have Muscles Carroll at number five. Wow. Oh, Ryan, I'm locked in here. What? I, I would think Pete Carroll at five is a little slap in the face to Pete Carroll. I mean, like, yeah, I agree with you. Like, yeah, I think so too. Like Where Pete, do you have him, Breach? Um, what, higher than five. You'll find oh, out in a oh, second. Oh, you're saying it's, I thought you were saying it's too high. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm saying it's trash ranking because it's too low. Yeah, um, I agree. 
I could probably. What's this West Coast bias, Brinson? You are typical East Coast media. You don't even pay attention to what goes on the West. You have McVay at six. You have Carroll at five. I'm surprised Sean even agrees to do this podcast because you favor the East Coast so much. I'm tired I of it. Hey, John, I, I, Pete I, Carroll sucked on the East Coast when it was the Patriots. Yeah. Pete Carroll, former, former, that was like, that was like, he took him to the playoffs. Pete Carroll's a former NC State coach, man. What do you want from me? Um, I, I picked the Seahawks to win the division last year. So I'm all in on the, on the Pete Carroll trade. Look, what he did last year when they got rid of the Legion of Boom and they totally revamped that entire roster on the fly and still managed to win, win nine games and get to the playoffs. They've only, since Russell Wilson got there, they've only, they've never won less than nine games and they've only missed the playoffs once when they went nine and seven and Bruce Arians revenged them on the, in the final game of the season. So Pete Carroll, uh, Super Bowl champion, been to two Super Bowls, uh, certainly deserves to be a top five coach, if not a little bit higher. Uh, who do you guys have at five, Ryan? Wait a second. Basically, Pete, Pete Carroll is, is the rich man's version of John Harbaugh is what you're saying. I agree with that. Ouch. Uh, Silver Fox too. Who do you have at, uh, number five, John Breach? I have done, done, done. Sean McVay. Okay. That's so pretty much agree with you guys. So Pride of Miami University besides me. Let me just ask you something. Do you have Pete Carroll at four? Cause you just lashed at me for being an East Coast bias guy. But if you have those guys one spot ahead of those places where I have them, <laughs> it makes it a little bit different. Doesn't it? No hints. No teasers here, Brinson. I have Sean McVay at five though. I'll take and... that as a yes. Who do you have at five? Sean Wagner. Sean Payton. Ooh. Did him dirty. Why? Why so low? Yeah, that's. I mean, I'm. I'm calling that well, we get rid of Sean's list. This is the worst well, list. Where wait, wait, I think Sean is anti Sean. He hates Sean McDermott. He's underranked <laughs> yeah, Sean Payton. Sean, go. you're not the only Sean in the world. Stop being so. I'm not anti Sean. I just. I just. What's that? And you spell Sean the same way. <laughs> he refused to rank Dan Sean Quinn. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's, I, it, it's like the most you guys thing ever that I have Sean Payton ranked as a top five coach in the NFL, and you're spinning it as like a negative thing. I got blasted for Pete Carroll at five. Why can't you get blasted for Sean Payton at five? That's fine. Um, I, the problem is that when I do this, I, I, it's hard for me to – I'm not. I can't criticize Sean Payton for that much. The reason he's at five is because I like the four ahead of him better. So it's hard for me to defend the five pick without discussing my other four. I can't. Um, you have Sean- I will say this, though. I think the advantage Sean Payton, in my eyes, has had over the coaches ahead of him is that he's been coaching with Drew Brees um, for the last however many years. And the reason why I have a guy like Sean McVay one spot ahead of him, spoiler, spoiler alert, is because he took Jared Goff and turned the Rams' offense into the best offense in football. Do. And I don't think Jared Goff's that good. Just so, so you I know, think- Drew Brees was let go by the Chargers, signed by Sean Payton. And, he was and so Saints. bad that the Dolphins Wait. wouldn't sign him. The, Dolph- the Dolphins took Do- – look, I know you weren't born, but the Dolphins signed Dante Culpepper over Drew Brees. <sighs> I, Nick Saban I did not. This is brand new information. I would, if I had a song. There was also a period, there was also a period during Sean, look, and I love Sean Payton again, I don't want to criticize him too much, but there was also a period where the Saints were going like seven and nine, nine and seven, and they couldn't get the defense under they went, control. They went seven so. and nine three years in a row, and in the third year, Sean Payton showed up to the coaches meeting, the owners meetings, and we were like, you're like, are you worried? I was at the table, and everybody's like, are you worried about your job? He's like, I got a contract in my briefcase right here. I just haven't He's, signed it. I can sign it whenever I want. If I want to sign it, it's an extension. Maybe I'll sign it right now, Larry. Talk to Larry. He's also Holder. been, uh, he's been suspended, um, for some questionable things. Uh, he's also had a couple issues. I, I don't know if it was oh, last year or two boy. years ago where he like went onto the field and like cost his team with like a penalty for like going way too far out in the field. When he chokes, uh, he choke signed Devontae yeah. Freeman. I mean, I love these things because I want coaches to be entertaining, but 
Um, Are you blaming again, them for the McElroby pass interference? No, of course not. I thought you were, I thought I'm you, at five. I don't want to criticize the guy and you guys are making it out like I snubbed him. I don't want to criticize I the thought, guy. I thought you were about to be like, you know, he got accused of stealing Vicodin one time and he's divorced. Like, like just really <laughs> I would say he's the, he's the NFC's version of Mike Tomlin. Okay. Uh, <laughs> compliment. All right. Far, I would rather have Sean Payton than Mike uh, Shut up, Sean. All right. Well, you obviously you have him ranked Payton. higher. I would think you would. Sean, 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 Sean. I love Sean Payton. Okay, who do you have? Uh, who, I have um, Frank Wright at number four, as I mentioned. It's very controversial. I don't give a crap what you guys think. Who do He's you? He's coached for one year, Brinson. I'm I'm a guy who looks forward, John. I don't I don't get caught up in the past and the history. I'm looking to see how these guys progress. So then Belichick is like fifth on your list if you only look forward because they might be bad this year. He won the Super Bowl last year. But you look, you, you don't look backwards. That was in the past, Brinson. That was in the past. I'm sorry, Sean, what? Did Breach just indicate he thinks the Patriots are going to be bad this year? I think he did. Breach, Colin. Patriots will suck in 2019. That's the uh, podcast. Sub. Ryan, who do you have fourth overall? Douglas Peterson. Douglas. Uh, we covered Doug <laughs> like Peterson. Uh, That's the real name. By the way, nothing will ever beat, when we talk about Doug Peterson, nothing will ever beat uh, J- uh, Jason Kelsey going up to the, the podium after, uh, the, the Eagles won the Super Bowl and they were doing the parade and he's like, some clown named Mike Lombardi called Doug Peterson the worst coach <laughs> in football. Where are you at? And then I just <laughs> obliterating anybody who ever criticized the Eagles. It was, it was pure WWE. Uh, who do you have at four? You have Sean McVay at four. Uh, who do you have at four, John Breach? I have. Sean, Peyton, the NFC's, Mike Tomlin. And the only reason I said that is because, look, they both have one Super Bowl. Both teams are in contention a lot, but they also have left a lot on a table where you're like, how did this team not do better? We mentioned Peyton's three, seven to nine seasons, Tomlin's postseason struggle. So I just think they're coaches that you have high expectations for them every year and they don't necessarily meet them. But Peyton obviously has in the last two seasons because the Saints have been just knocked out of the playoffs on some weird stuff. Yep. Um, just to put a bow on this very quickly, I think um, my final three are pretty similar to Ryan Wilson's. I have uh, Sean Payton third, Andy Reid second, Bill Belichick first. It's a pretty difficult list to argue with. Ryan, do you have uh, do you have anything different there? I know Sean might have a different player in the t- or a different coach in the top three, and John might as well. No, those are the three best coaches. No, no argument to be had. I'm with you. Um, you can, if you want to flip, if you want to flip Reed and Peyton, whatever, I, I, I think Andy Reed, despite the lack of a Super Bowl, is the second best coach in football and has shown it in two different spots and continually by revolutionizing offense. Anyone who thinks Belichick, anyone who thinks Belichick is not the first coach is a clown and you should be fired immediately. Who are your top three, uh, John Breach? My top three are number three, Andy Reed. Mm-hmm. Number one, Bill Belichick. Obviously we can't dispute that. <laughs> My number two, oh. though. You, this is the most like breach thing to leave us hanging about the number two thing. You won't believe it. Oh, Pete Carroll. You haven't listed Pete Carroll. It is not Zach Taylor, even though I almost put him there. It is Pete Carroll, Brinson. Right, there you go, man. I was piping you because you had him way too low. I think he's the second best coach in the NFL behind only Belichick. Ryan even mentioned those Patriots years. You can talk about those. He took him to the playoffs two times in three years. So it isn't even like he was bad in New England. Then he came to Seattle. They haven't had a losing record. They've been unstoppable since they hired him in 2010. So I just think he's been the second best coach in the NFL and have read at three, like I said. Okay. Uh, Sean, who are your top three? Belichick one, 
Reed two. I have the same three as Reed, just in a different order. So I have oh. Carroll three, Reed two, Belichick one. I have no so, problem with just, it. Just so we're clear, Sean takes off points for uh, Sean Payton for off-field antics, and uh, Pete Carroll is the guy who what cheated is- his way out of USC. That, we're talking that, about that, NFL right, coaches. Right. Oh, I see. You have, you have. I mean, all right. Well, we're gonna. Okay, Brian. If you're gonna use cheating as a thing, then why is Belichick your number one? He's had a couple. Cheats. I didn't have an issue with it. You had an issue with it. Ooh. I think. I'm, like, fine, with, it, I'm it, fine with Carroll at three. The he has has he cheated at the NFL? Has he? We're not ranking. The Seahawks are routinely fine. Like routinely fine for aggressive offseason. If you ain't, you ain't, you ain't trying. Yet, so I guess. Uh, Sean would be a terrible lawyer. I think it's the lesson we're learning here. All right, so the only real so that, does that mean does that mean Andy Reid is now everyone's de facto number one because he's the only person who has not cheated? Yes, I agree with that. All right, <laughs> well that is our top ten coaches rankings list. Thanks as always for listening. Great show, guys. It ran a little bit longer than we thought, but it was an exciting endeavor. We're back Monday with a mailbag podcast.